This podcast would like to acknowledge that whilst we come together today in an online setting from all over Australia, our feet are firmly planted on the beautiful Aboriginal land that unites us, with thanks to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, both past, present and emerging. Welcome back to all of our listeners from around this beautiful planet of ours. I'm your host today, Blaze Grinner, on the MindFit podcast and the topic of conversation today is the importance of communication. I'm joined by Mr. Jason Zana and Chris Dennis. And if you guys are anything like me, I love being in conversations where all these light bulb moments and these aha moments just keep firing again and again and again. These two gentlemen bring the heat when you talk about communication as a man in relationships, within work fronts, within family fronts. We explore it all. Tune in, listen up. Let's get in this conversation. All right, here we are, another episode of the MyFit Podcast. My name is Blaze Grid. I'm going to be your host today, and I'm joined by two of my dear brothers. These men are facilitators in our three-day blokes venture retreat, uh, amazing men uh, in both of their rights and their journeys, and uh, yeah, being, being men on this planet that have been of service to others. They've received that tap on the shoulder, and they're um, yeah, just Amazing humans to be around. And so we have Mr. Chris Dennis and Jason Zana. And so, brothers, what I'd like to do is give you both two minutes each to introduce yourself, tell a little bit about your story of who you are, what you do, and why you do it uh, for all the people that don't know who you are. So, Chris, do you want to go first, bro? Absolutely, man. Thank you. Um, so, my name's Chris. I'm up on Gubby Gubby land on the Sunshine Coast. Um, I am a father. I am a bonus parent to uh, to a third child, husband, son, brother, um, and I have got a big value around community and building communities of care. And so, with that, um, my offering my services for the last coming up three years, um, once a fortnight, been opening my home to uh, to men in the community to just come connect, talk, and support each other. Um, it's a really beautiful experience. It's so normal for me now that sometimes I lose the bigness of that. Yeah. Um, so it's really beautiful to every now and again just get a bit of a reminder, you know, a bit of feedback from some men just to recognize the importance of, of that of that work, you know, that space, that openness between men, you know, which we need way more of. So. 100% man I think you really nailed something in the head is that we're in this paradigm at the moment of men's work is becoming a little bit more normal a little bit more mainstream and for several of us that have been in this kind of work for five years and, and longer it's become a way of life it is we, we circle up in it with a team of men uh, each week or every other week and because it's so normal we also sometimes forget how valuable it can be um, and that like, it's interesting, especially when I go talk to different people in the community and they don't have that, how rare it is and how much value they see in it. Um, but that's amazing. But one thing that I, what you just said, which was, I've never heard it said before, man. And today's podcast is around communication. Um, and you use the word bonus dad. And so yeah. a, a bonus, it, it sounds beautiful the way that you've, rather than saying I have a stepson or daughter or I have a blended family, like I'm a bonus dad. Um, where did you come up with that um, that word? Was that? Man, that was, it was a conscious choice between me and my wife when we were blending our families um, that we, you know, the 
there's just this connotation with the word stepdad, stepmom. You know, you got the yeah. evil stepmom. You know, Disney, all that sort of stuff. Yep. And um, so we are, we we are bonus parents. You know, we are bonus adults to these young humans that are in our life and our home. And um, it just it feels better. You know, yep. it just feels better. They've got their parents. They've got their you know they've got their dad. They've got their mum. We're just the bonus adults that are in their lives. And they're our bonus kids as well, you know? So it's, yeah, yeah conscious choices. And um, I think it really went a long way um, for the blending of our family and making it feel congruent to our values and stuff, you know? So, yeah. yeah, powerful, man. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for sharing your story. Uh, so, yeah, Jace, i love for your, his story, man, your introduction. Firstly, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to be on here. It's an absolute pleasure and an honour. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. I'm Jason Zana, also on the Sunshine Coast here in Queensland. I am 35 years old. I have been on a holistic conscious living journey for the past probably about four and a half years now. Um, it's been a beautiful process, but I've hit this spot in my life where at a soul level, at a heart space level, I know that I am destined to help, to break the conditioning and to show, mentor the younger generation. So that is what I feel deep inside that I am destined to do. And I absolutely am looking forward to that process. I've come from a um, broken family, so I've come from a single mother so just to be that guider that inspiration for the younger generation just lights me up lights me up deep to my core and um yeah really looking forward to it yeah amazing uh, and let's stay on on that topic man you mentioned that uh, you're raised by a single mum and so today's topic is around communication and so I'd love for the three of us to wrap up a discussion around communication. And I think uh, if we look into what you said, Chris, about our values, the, the very first uh, zero to seven years, that imprint years, uh, the, the most prolific um, communication that we have uh, is with our guardians. So majority of the time it's mum and dad, but sometimes it's our caregivers. And so what was... What was communication like for you as young boys, as children with your parents? As the, the or, or the main influences uh, within your uh, childhood. Well, that is a good question. Um, yeah. So I like I, I'm I'm blessed. I am blessed with my family. Um, I cannot fault my parents in in any way. Um, I am English though, and so communication for us English folk can sometimes be a bit like straight. Um. And whilst, yeah, absolutely in a loving household and, and everything, um, I suppose when it comes to communication in my family, there came a point um, through my teenage years, I guess, where I closed off. It wasn't that the, um, the space for communication wasn't there or I didn't feel like I would be met or anything. It was just whatever it was that I was going through, I just chose not to communicate a lot of it actually um yeah 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 the, uh, uh another thing you said that english uh, language can be a bit straight that i feel that also the english culture is, is full of banter 
like the Barmy army. And I think there's a lot of wit. There's a lot of intellect to uh, the English or the Poms, the way that you guys uh, speak. Uh, my dad is from English sort of background descent, my, uh, and I would say my stepdad. So the dad that he raised us, I do call him dad. He's not my biological father, but he's got a very yeah good sense of humor and wit, and so of his his brother and that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, man. How about you, Jace? How was your childhood? What I and, can and remember you, with my father, my biological father, the communication was with these. Or with just a verbal abuse. So, was and so for the listeners, uh, for the listeners that are um, don't have the video, um, Jason just raised both of his hands up. His, uh, his communication with, was with his fists. Yeah, physical, physical, and verbal abuse with my um, with my biological father. With my mum, she, I've got a lot, a lot of love, deep, deep, deep love for my mum. She's the most gentlest most pleasant heartfelt human that I've ever met so she was super super soft so in regards to having that physical and verbal abuse from my dad and then my dad leaving and then my mum with that really beautiful softness I softened but then through my teen years I end up getting creating this armor because like rough rough and rugged teen years, like, you know, like you had to try and oppress your mates. You had to try and be the bigger person. You had to try and be the tougher person and stuff like that. So I also was very similar to Chris. I completely shut off from mum. And I can remember if I can sit here pondering on that question just before, I can remember I, I know my relationship with my mum I don't know it it expanded because of that, so I I completely shut off my communications through my teen years, and that carried on through my adult years. So yeah, the communication through my early early years was a really tough one. It was a bit of a roller coaster ride. It was mental, physical, and then completely shutting off, and then also from a man's perspective, a little bit too soft. So yeah. Yeah, I hear you, bro. Mine was very similar to yours, Jay. So uh, mum and dad were to get my biological mum and dad. Uh, and dad left when I was seven, but he was very violent. And so there's a lot of that communication that I saw was just him abusing mum, like yelling at the top of his uh, lungs. Very, that tyrant energy, just my way, the highway. Um, and so like literally walk on eggshells, just hoping that dad was like not going to blow up. Um and then the for those really early years, the communication um, between my mum and I, uh, I really, it was like I was the, the rock for her. I was I'm the eldest of five. And so the communication was always like that I was her husband. And then it was pretty detrimental to me because at the age of seven, she, when dad left, she said to me, um, I don't think she thought that I'd take this literal, um, that I'm now the, the man of the house. And because I was super tight with my mum, I actually took that on literally. And so I feel like I lost my childhood because I was raising my brothers and sisters with her. And then through that, mum and I became best mates. Like like you, John, I was, like, I'm not right now, we're going through something which we'll talk about, but we were super tight. 
and we would talk about everything and with communication and this is something that I'm really want to take from my relationship with my mum and instill that with my children the three kids I have is that there was no topic off guard with my mum and she never judged me for anything that I would say so she was literally my best mate I spoke to my mum about sex I spoke to her about um, when the time when I said I'm going to start smoking marijuana I spoke to her mum about fucking everything like she was my best mate and the reason for that was because I didn't actually have a male role model that I could talk to. And so I've never heard the words from my dad saying, I'm proud of you or I love you. When my stepdad, who is I call dad, when he came into my life, I was in those rebellious years. Like, this is my fucking house. Like, you've come in, it's my family. It took me up until like the age of 21 to actually like realize what he, the enormity of what he did. He came into a bonus family with, and he raised four kids, one even his own. And then he had my other sister, um, my, my sister, my youngest sister to, to mum. Uh, so, yeah, I never had that communication from a father figure. I always had it from mum. And that has now led me into, it, it had led me to a, a really dark rabbit hole because every relationship, of, like intimate relationship that I had, like girlfriend, I would treat that relationship like it was the relationship with my mum. So I talked to my mum about everything. And so I was dumping all my shit on every single partner, just playing that roll out again and again and again till I actually learned that what I'm doing is like, and it was one, a beautiful friend of mine, Gideon, Gideon Diamond. Um, I was having a phone call with him one day and I was with my wife, current wife, and he, um, he said, bro, what, what do you want Melinda to do? And I'm like, I just wanted to cuddle me, bro, and just tell me everything's all right. He goes, that's not her fucking job, bro. She's not your mum. Get your fucking get your mouth off her tit and treat her like your fucking wife, not your not your mum. And it was in that moment I had that big realization. I was like, oh man, for all of these years, pretty much all of my life, the communication I had with every girlfriend was exactly the same with my mum, which was uh, it was ineffective. Uh, and so with this, um, with what I've just mentioned, and a big thing is I realized that communication is super fucking important. But really, really important. And so, for you men, and the and as men, we have wear different hats. And so, we wear hats of like business, husband, um, fatherhood, being a man in the community, just just being a man per se. Um, why do you think communication is so important? Um, so, Jace, we'll start with you, bro. Firstly, um, a big thing that has really shone for me was. When I very first started my um, holistic life journey, I went, I got um, requested to go to see an energy healer, a Reiki master. And I was like, what's this shit? You know, I was completely out of my depth, <laughs> completely out of my depth. And anyway, I went and seen this lady. It was um, when I was up north in the mines, so it was the middle of nowhere. And I walked into her shed and next minute there was this beautiful human she was just so soft so high energy she was just so she was just amazing she was just like a I don't know just a beacon of white light I was just like who is this person and I'm completely out of my depth I'm so intimidated I didn't know what was going on and she ended up going like this and I was like kind of just caught me off off guard a little bit she ended up just holding it in there anyway long story short we sat down and a few times she grabbed in around a throat area. And I'm like, what's going on? And she started talking, but she 
said to me, she's like, I'm going to tell you a few things that has come to me, though I'm not going to overwhelm you because I feel like you're quite restrictive. And I'm like, fucking oath I am. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And anyway, she ended up telling me all these things. And I was just like, how does this person know this? Like, you have no idea who I am, but how do you know this? And then she ended up saying, are you a communicator? And I'm like, oh, shit, you know, straight away I'm like, oh, she's got me. So this was when I was about 30. So from, yeah, my teen years to about 29 to 30 years old, like I didn't really communicate at all. There's a backstory with this, but I'll tell you about this one. And I'm like, oh, why do you say that? And she's like, I'm feeling really restrictive around my throat chakra. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to understand that. I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't talk. I don't communicate anything. So for a random stranger to know that about me straight away, just pick it like within two seconds of meeting me, I'm just like, holy whoa. So that really, really, really spun me out. And ever since then, like you said, I dove down a rabbit hole of communication. So there is a lot of a lot of backstories that I can tell you about that. But I can honestly tell you, ever since breaking that breaking that throat chakra open, my relationships, my work environment, my men's work environment, my friendships, everything has just completely changed because I am speaking my authentic, integral truth of whom I am. Beautiful, man. And then um, thank you for sharing that vulnerable story, man. And for the listeners that uh, may not know, um, the, the throat chakra is located in your throat region. And what it represents is us uh, as individuals speaking our truth, uh, speaking uh, confidently with, clear, uh, with clarity and, and, and being concise. And so what you were talking about, man, it sounds like from teenage years up to the age of 29, you weren't able to speak your truth and articulate your voice. And I know that you're not going to be the only man listening to this, or, or woman, that there is a lot of people on this planet that don't know how to articulate exactly how they feel. Uh, and I think one of the things that happens with communication in committed relationships is that we assume what the other we assume that the other person knows what we're thinking, and we don't articulate that through all of the relationship counselling and talking to counsellors and that kind of stuff. That's one of the biggest things that they say is that that they that uh, the other partner they don't feel like they're they're heard or understood, and a lot of that time uh, the communication hasn't been able to be effectively delivered. And I think that's also another uh, really important uh, aspect with communication is our delivery and how we can deliver our message because mastery is being able to deliver a message to, say, a university and people of high intellect or kindergarten teachers and or, uh, kindergarten students and being able to have both of those audiences land with what you're trying to say. Um, so, yeah, uh, Chris, what, uh, why do you think communication is important? Yeah, and so for me, I think communication um, is more than just words. Words are important, but there's more than just words. You know, a lot of it comes to listening, body language, you know, how we communicate with ourselves, how we communicate with the world around us, how we communicate 
with our experiences as well. For example, I'm just going to uh, cycle back to uh, Jason's share about coming from a broken family. Okay, so when I separated from the mother of my kids, I felt like it was a broken family. Words are important and powerful. So I don't want to think of that relationship as being broken. That was a beautiful relationship that came to an end. So I choose now not to say that my kids are from a broken relationship, a broken family. They were from a loving relationship that came to an end. Yeah. Um, I'm communicating with that experience differently and it brings a deeper meaning to it for me. You know, To call something broken insists that there's a right way of being. And yeah. I don't believe that there's necessarily a right way of being or doing. Um, there's, there's simply different ways. And so, yeah, the way that we choose to communicate about our experience, about our world, with the world, um, for me, it just brings a much deeper level to um, our meaning in, in life. You know? 100%, man. And then, um, so I'm going to say this word. Uh, for for the listeners, and it, the word is woo woo, and so um, what you're saying right now, I personally deeply believe exactly right, and it does seem woo woo. It does seem spiritual, and the reason that it may seem like that is because of the education that we have had previous to this conversation right now, and over the past decade, and doing personal development, doing men's work, I've really come to understand that. Our, our words and our linguistics, we cast spells. And so saying something is broken means that it's not whole. Uh, and so even through that, and I know that you uh, both resonate with this because of the work we do with Blokes Venture and, and working with culture and uh, giving men the opportunity to touch Indigenous tribes and cultures. You look at the Native American culture. They, have, they don't even have a word for the word. They do not have a word in their language that says sick, they say getting well. Uh, and there's all of these negative words that uh, the, the Western culture has placed into our language, into our psyche. And this could be a big rabbit hole of like, why? Why have we placed these kind of negative words? Because these, these negative words hold a vibration. They hold a weight. Uh, whereas what you just said, man, about it's a loving family that uh, was a loving family that is uh, not working at the moment or a loving family that ended. But how beautiful that sounds, uh, how it holds a different or a high vibration. And it's very interesting. And so like what you said too, man, that communication isn't just words either. Um, and so you mentioned around body language. Um, but also the communication with our mind and how we communicate with ourselves. And I think this was something that really was the the turning point in my life at the age of 27 because I used to beat myself up, man. I was so vicious with myself. I fucking hated myself. I hated the man I see in the mirror. And my mind was just so loud. Like, uh, just tell me so many things. Like, like, you're a fuck up. Like, of course you don't deserve that. And it was just again, again, and again. And I remember getting my first coach and he's, he was talking about like self-love. And I thought, oh, that's something that chicks do. I literally thought that's what chicks do. And the more that he started talking to me about that, he's like, man, self-love is the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you hold yourself in those moments that you slip. Um, and that was the, and Oscar Wilde, uh, there's a phrase from Oscar Wilde. He said, uh, falling in love with yourself is the beginning of a lifelong romance. And for me, that, that lifelong romance with myself started by being a lot more kinder to the way that I 
uh, talk to myself. Um, and that's definitely something that I struggled with, with communication, was the communication with myself. Uh, another thing I also struggled with was articulating my feelings um, because I would say, for instance, uh, oh, I'm, I'm feeling angry. And it's only been the past maybe five to six years that I can go layers deeper than that and say, actually, I'm, I'm feeling angry, but behind that, it's, I'm actually feeling rejected or I don't feel seen. Um, is there anything that you men have struggled to communicate in any relationships or uh, communicate um, within your life to certain people? Um, and if so, why? Why do you think? Yeah, I think the um, you know the self talk uh, was a big thing. Post it notes for me were that's what changed that. I oh, well. wrote wrote my whatever I I wanted to change about myself. I wrote on post it notes, put them up around the house, and whenever I walked past them, I said them. So I was communicating to myself that I am this. You know, they yes. were my I am. So yeah, that was really awesome. Um. Yeah, the post-it note. Sorry, what was the question again? I went on a bit of a tangent there. No, that's no, it's beautiful, man. It's just um. So it's anything that uh ha have we struggled with communicating, and so that was yeah. Mm, yeah, and the other one. Uh, yeah, I think you know, as a man, and uh, I'll speak to, uh, to to men as well. We we are happy and we are angry, and they're the kind of two baseline emotions that we feel, and to be able to learn to, like you said, to go layers deep and uncover what it actually is, you know? Like, yeah, I might be feeling angry, but the anger's covering up fear or covering up rejection or covering up something else. But I think, yeah, to, uh, to really communicate with myself, to listen to my body and understand what those feelings were, where they were laying, why, where they were coming from. So to communicate with my emotional self yeah, has been a real lesson, you know? And I think, I think that's what's beautiful about communication. It's it's learnt skills as well. Yeah. It's all learnt skills. Yep. And um, just like you learn a language, as, as we grow, we learn a language being around it. It's like you surround yourself by people that you can learn and grow off and you'll learn these different communication skills, be that with yourself or with, with other people. Um, but, yeah, certainly uncovering the the kind of deeper emotions and being able to being able to communicate that with, you know, my significant others, my, my friends, you know, the men around me, myself, um, has, has been a process for sure. And an ongoing one as well. 100%, man. And I think that's, uh, I, I'll speak for myself and majority of the men that I know, that the way that we enjoy learning is through direct experience. And so like what you just said about experiential learning, like having to learn about our emotional body, uh, having and surrounding ourselves with people that are articulating themselves in such a way that can teach us how to do that. Uh, for me, one of the uh, one of the big uh, uh, struggles, there was two big struggles that I had. One was talking about money in front of other people, and then the other one was talking about my spirituality, and that was my big, big, big blocks. Uh, I'll talk about those in a moment. But uh, so, Jace, uh, with you, man, uh, was there any anything that you struggled to communicate with or from, or and do you know how and why? Yeah, hundred percent. I'll stay on board with um, communication with myself because. Myself, personally, I feel like when we communicate with ourselves, then we'll be able to communicate authentically within the relationships that are nearby us. It every, Everything I honestly believe comes to within you first. So I always try and work with myself first 
and then I'll expand it out when I'm feeling confident and comfortable. Though a big one, a huge, huge one for me was I've got Crohn's disease. So I hid that for years. I even struggled to communicate with my family about it. I just thought, as as Chris said, uh, words are so powerful. So I appreciate that, Chris, um, pulling me up with that with that broken because that when you when you said that, I was just like, yeah, I I should have chose correctly. So with that disease, so as soon as I used to hear disease, I was like, yuck. I was just like, that's yuck. I don't want to be labeled this. I don't want to be labeled that. That's just so yuck. I just I just created something so minor to something so significant. And with that, I just hit it all the so all all the time. And I can remember, I can physically remember the energetics in my body when I just said, fuck this, I am going to own it. And I am going to talk about it. As soon as I did that, I was like, whoa, like every single thing changed within my life, you know, like I started openly speaking it. I started just be like, yep, I'm claiming this. It's okay. Like it isn't something that I'm making it out to be, you know, it's my fucking superpower. It has created me whom I am now, you know, because like there's been so many turning points throughout my little journey with that label where I've been like, wow, this is a superpower. You know, this is really creating something so significant and so like I'm looking out, like I'm looking forward to what it actually creates. And yeah, so ever since then, I have also just taking just gentle steps on speaking my truth so like with my dad for example you know like I I had conversations with him about like feeling abandoned you know I've had conversations with my mum about like feeling like you've suppressed me type thing you're you're like too motherly type thing (laughs) like I've had conversations, yeah, with all sorts of relationships and a big pinnacle lately um, with in regards to myself and communicating with myself and listening to my body is I removed myself from a job and I am living in my purpose now. I am really destined and I'm really striving to really focus on me and backing me. So communicating with myself getting out of this bullshit head and these bullshit thoughts in my head and being like, no, you got this. So every single day, like you're saying, Chris, about like little reminders, I have reminders go off my on my phone to just get my energy up and be like, yeah, I got this, you know, like communicating wholeheartedly with myself and supporting. That's the word that I'm looking for, supporting myself. Yeah. You're powerful, man. Uh, you just touched on something that I know that uh, it was something that it was really fucking confronting for me at the time uh, and it may have been for you. And I know there'll be some listeners like wanting to know, it's like, man, how did you have the balls to go tell your dad and communicate openly with your dad about that shit that you didn't like as a child? How did you go to your mum 
and and talk about um, she was too motherly. Uh, the conversation I'd have with my mum it, it was it was it was about my childhood and what I mentioned at the start of the call as a seven year old. Um, she said that the man of the house and. I had to go have a conversation with her about that because I actually had a lot of anger towards my mum. And I remember when my coach said to me, he's like, hey, man, you got to go have a clear conversation with your mum. And I'm like, what? No, I I can't be angry at my mum. And there was a story. And so I think you said before the bullshit that the mind is telling us, but there's like stories that we tell ourselves. And it's like that that, that story is this thing that we hang on to. Um, So... How did you get to the place to be able to go have those conversations with your parents, with your dad, and with your mum? It took some serious fucking balls. <laughs> yeah. And so did did you go on that journey alone? Did you have help and support from other people? Yeah, so within this group, within this environment, so within the um, MindFit HQ, you um, – we do modules on clearing conversations, open conversations, all those type things. So there was a module there that I chose to do with a clearing conversation with my dad because there was, there was stored up energy in my, in my body, like deep, deep shit in my body with my dad. And I can remember the way that I achieved it was to go with a level head. So firstly, I had to really prep myself to get out of my head first and then feel. So I know, as you're saying, this could be a woo-woo, but within the bloke's venture, if you ever, the listeners ever come into the bloke's venture, you'll always see energetics in the body, all this stored up energetics. It's incredible. So I had to get out of my head and feel. So I sat, I know, not even Kenya, I sat for a good 30 minutes before I even entered my dad's property. So I cleared everything out and I just said to him straight away, I'm just like, can we have a conversation? And he jacked up straight away. I knew he was going to, you know, he jacked up straight away. And I said, okay, after that, I'll give you five minutes to clear your head. It is just a conversation, you know. So I did. I gave him five minutes and then we went out the back. We went down the back paddock, you know. We went away from the house and everything got that. And I chose. So as we are talking about there before, words are so significantly powerful. So I I wrote it down before I went. Sorry, backstory. I wrote it down before I went, but I didn't take the paper because I, I don't feel it's authentic just sitting there reading a book, you know. Oh, yeah, this is how I felt. But I still had it there. So fair enough, I probably went off on a complete tangent, though I personally think it landed Though <laughs> I don't know how deep it landed with him because <laughs> he's so old school and just like just a typical Aussie man. I just need to work and provide for the family and the wife just stays home and cooks and everything like that, you know. He's just so old school. And um, Jason is just off on his little life experience living down the Sunshine Coast while they're all still up up north in the family farm and everything like that, just working and living the farm life and stuff like that. So 
I still I still feel like he has something there that he needs to say, though he heard me out. Yeah. Heard. Yeah, I think that's the, the biggest thing when we go have these conversations is a lot of people get caught in the trap. They're going to go have this conversation expecting the other person to act and be a certain way. And that expectation is going to lead to so much fucking suffering because if that person doesn't act that certain way, it's going to be received uh, completely different. Uh, and I think that also that, that ulterior motive can come through too. Um, and an example of that ulterior motive and how communication isn't just with the words. Um, and this is one that uh, men laugh with a lot when we say it is like uh, that expectation of doing something nice for the missus, expecting to get a fuck or having sex. So cooking a nice meal with the expectation and that bodily communication, oh, I'm going to do this nice thing and I'm going to expect something at the end. And then it doesn't happen. And then there's this resentment charge. But it's like, hey, man, that's our fault as the man, like to clean up energy. Notice that that communication that's going on the inside, which is now what I want to bring to is um, communicating our needs and desires. Because I feel that as men, one of the most vulnerable places that we can go in communication is communicating our sexual needs and desires and openly talking about our intimacy with our significant other. Uh, because there's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of blocks there that can happen with men. Um, like that example of the dinner. Like that, there's a thing that has to happen within us and that, that catch and that realisation. Like, actually, like I'm, I'm doing this from an ulterior motive. Why can't I just go and tell my wife, hey, I'm really missing like your intimacy and your touch and your kisses and I, I want to be with you. Um, do you guys have any tips, any hacks about how we as men um, can communicate our needs and our desires more effectively to our significant other. Is there any practices that you guys have or do? Yeah, I think, well, for one, like work out what the hell they are. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Like really get, <laughs> get involved with yourself before yeah. you try and bring someone else into it. Yeah. And, um, Huge. And while it's going to fucking be uncomfortable like understand that that person is there to hold you they love you you know and they should hopefully love all of you as well even if it might feel a little bit like oh this is a bit left of center maybe you know but you know in the trust you know in the trust that they've got you and they're going to love you and um, you know speaking from experience I've, I've, I've had these conversations and you know terrifyingly scary some of it um, and it was yeah, cool. I see you. I love you anyway. And, yeah. you know, and we can work from there. But I think, you know, in regards to like um, that desire and sexual desire and stuff, it's great to have our desires. Part of that communication with that as well, um, I believe, is learning about our women, listening, not just with the ears, but learning about their bodies, their cycles. Their, you know, I joke with my wife, like I can say something one week of the month, and she'll love it. I can say it another week and she'll hate it. And that's not because I'm saying it any differently. It's because I am not listening or communicating with her and how she is psychic, psychic, cyclically. Sorry. Yeah, man. And so, yeah, it's um, as well as as well as speaking our desires um, and whatever that is with that sexual just in life, like read the room, like read the fucking room <laughs> before you say it, you know? 
Yeah, but the two two of those what you just said. Um, so not, reading the room, like I, I know that this is I've been guilty of this. Like fuck, cool. I've built myself up to say this thing of my need, desire, or set a boundary. So I'm like, yeah, fuck, gonna do it. Walk in the room and don't even ask my wife if she's able to hold space for what I'm about to say. Is she in the capacity to hear me? And then just start opening my mouth. It doesn't get received. It might be perceived as an attack. And then I jack up. And it's like, oh, fuck, she doesn't want to listen to me. And there's nothing to do with that. She just didn't have the capacity. She's got the three kids hanging off her. Um, and then, um, yeah, man, it's um, reading the room. And the other thing of, uh, yeah, like knowing, knowing your desires. Um, this is going to seem interesting for some people, what I'm about to say. And the way that I was to able to get more comfortable talking to my wife about my sexual needs and everything was through men's work. So through having open conversations, we started talking about topics that were taboo. So we've had many open, open discussions around masturbation in men's teams. And after that discussion, majority of those men are like, dude, I've never spoken about this to fucking anyone. And everyone's been so open because they had this place where they could feel safe and openly express it without the fear of judgment or being put down. Um, and that really helped me to be more comfortable in my skin, seeing like, okay, well, men didn't laugh at me like they used to. On a, and so I'm like, oh, cool. Hopefully my, my partners don't laugh at me either. Um, how about you, Jace? Um, Big thing that's coming to light for me is you said it there before, Blaze, is boundaries. 100% is for me is communicating your boundaries, which will communicate your needs. And as Chris was saying, the monthly cycle of our beautiful feminine in the world, you know, so I know there's time I love to play, man. I love banter, you know. So exactly what you're saying, Blaze, like I just come ripping into the room with an ex or something like that and I just want to just slap her on the ass or just be cheeky <laughs> and next minute she's just like, Rah! as you say, Blaze, <laughs> the dragon comes out, man. And it's just like, holy shit, you know. So, I'm, But then and exactly right, the next day I do the exact same thing and then next week she's just playing back and just laughing and giggling and stuff like that. So if there is something significant that you, I personally want to communicate is exactly right. I, I enter, I stop, I breathe, and exactly right, I, I analyze. And then I just exactly exactly what I had with my dad. I was just like, can we have a conversation, you know? Can we can we have a conversation? And then you'll feel it straight away. You're like, oh shit, nah. <laughs> or, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, I've actually got to go that one, like not just say, can I have a conversation? I've got to go one deeper of like, actually, can you hear me? Yeah. Because what I've realized within myself is that, uh, sometimes when I would articulate, I didn't feel like it was like I didn't feel heard or I didn't feel seen. And it took me a long time to realize that was happening. So I felt like it didn't land or and I was like blaming myself. Maybe I'm not articulating better. But then through like being able to talk to my wife about that, she's like, oh, I just didn't have the capacity to hear you. So energetically, she wasn't even in the conversation either. So like that's the second one. So like, hey, are we able to talk? Yep. Are you in a position to hear me? Like, and I mean, really hear me. And what you're saying, uh, Chris, about like that listening is not not just hearing the words, but feeling what I'm saying, um, so that I I feel yeah. it as well. 
And that's exactly. I think a big piece for this. Sorry, Jace. I think a big piece for this as well is just because we may have found the confidence and the space to express desires, doesn't mean they need to be met. Oh, it's just about to say that, Chris. Yeah, exactly right, man. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. It's, um, Be open to receive that it might not work and don't take yeah. it on as like, oh, fuck you, you know. Like we are all uniquely individual, you know, so our sexual needs might not meet your beautiful wife or your beautiful partner's sexual needs or vice versa. And this is where it comes down to boundaries, you know, so like yeah. – Lay your, well, not lay your boundaries down, but communicate your boundaries and equally meet those boundaries together, which will equally meet your sexual needs and desires, you know. But that's my yeah, personal man. opinion. And I'm really, really on board with what you said, Chris. Like, don't take it to heart if they don't get met. Yeah. Zero expectation. Yeah. Um, the other thing I said, uh, Chris, before about the two things you said, and Jace just refreshed it, is around the, a woman's cycle. Uh, yeah. Many went and did this uh, a womb ceremony. It was like a day workshop. And uh, she came back and she's like, hey, I've got to tell you about uh, the cycle. And I can't remember the other uh, other weeks, but the week before many get to, women get their period, they call it wild woman. And I was like, oh, that's why they fucking call it wild woman because that drag like that. And it's, it's nice now, like you're saying about like uh, reading the room. Since many told me that, and now we have this new language, this new communication, um, because <laughs> this is going to seem super naive. I used to say to you, say to her, is your period coming? <laughs> like, and so I was saying that just to get the gauge of the room, and that was super ineffective because this bang, it's just I was getting met with like like resistance. But now it's like, oh, hey, baby, you're a wild woman. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. cool. <laughs> And so now at least I know, and so the ass tapping and everything, it just, okay, I know to retract for a little bit. I know what, I know this season, um, but it needed that, needed that, it was nice to have that analogy and that, that, that piece. And I'd love uh, Maddie W, uh, we'll, we'll do a, a whole podcast on um, on that, that cycles, because that's been amazing for us. Just um, a quick one with that, uh, learnt yeah. this, I actually sat in a, um, in a seasonal course one time and it was it was quite amazing it was um at a retreat space and it was it was open for men and women but it was exactly right for these seasons and me and this other brother um he sat in there and it was like a room full of like 25 or 24 women and i was just like what am i doing <laughs> but it was fucking amazing it was a game changer for me because I was completely oblivious, completely yeah. oblivious to what the hell is going on with the feminine, you know. And But that's an, exactly right. That's another tangent that we can go down. Though just for the listeners and for yourself, brothers, um, a beautiful thing that I learned in the course is the, the wife or the partner put a little card in the bathroom what season she was in. So we knew, hey, game on, or like, Oh, hang on, I'm fucking retreating away from here. <laughs> so us as men knew exactly what season the woman was on. And it, I was just like, man, that is, that's epic. So minor, but so significant and helps us out to the maximum. Yeah. Yeah, man, we, we've actually got a calendar. So we've got a family calendar up and it, you know, it tracks my wife's cycle as well. Yep. I'm not going to say I'm 
super hot on looking at it all the time, but it's there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there if I want it. And it's um, and if we really want to deepen the communication with that, let's not wait to be told or ask for cues. Let's just know. Let's learn and know. Yeah. And, and and follow that ourselves, you know, take ownership of that for ourselves. Otherwise, it's kind of just another thing that our woman has to communicate with us. Yeah. Like, and I, knowing men and women are completely different, man. We're pretty one track, you know, we'll have one fault. That's it. And we'll run that. Whereas women, there's more, you know, so let's not, let's kind of take a load off a little bit, you know, not just give them another thing that they need to communicate to us. Yeah, man, that's been super interesting. Um, really asking my wife um, about what's going on for her uh, in a certain situation, especially becoming a mother. Um, so the I'll, I'll just see. Um, so like, oh, hey, Bradley's going to go that way um, at the park. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he'll be right. Let it go. But then my wife can feel and sense the dog over there, a man over there looks sketchy, and all of this stuff, and she feels all of that and I was like oh he's just walking there and it's like and there's been so many beautiful times where she's allowed me into her runnings it's like men and women are totally fucking different I don't and another one is the and this this is like something that she picks on me about is that how do you not see that and it'll be like I didn't clean the table correctly or like I didn't make it like all pristine I like I physically didn't fucking see it. Like I just I didn't even come into my radar at all. Um, so yeah, that, that, yeah, another ten. Pretty a pretty good analogy with that actually. If we want to relate it back to, you know, hunter gatherer thing. Like it went, if men were hunters, we were like one track. You know. Yeah. If women were the gatherers, they're looking at everything. Yeah. To see everything and what is going on and where they can go, where they can pick, where they can store. You know. So. Yeah. Um, some people might be into that as an analogy. Some people might not, but I find it really just a simple one. Yeah. And I really feel that what you've just done there, man, and something I wrote uh, pre-show is the art of storytelling. And so what you've just done there has given myself and the listeners an analogy to grasp what we're talking about. So, and I think why storytelling and why analogies are so beautiful and I think also from I'll just talk about my experience of what why I'd love sitting down and talking to elders, why I'd love sitting down and listening to a grandfather's story, is you, you whoever's the listener, we can start formulating a picture in our mind, and we can have these direct experiences. Oh, I know what that is um, through these ways of um, of storytelling, and I think that the art of storytelling it, it it's dying, it's almost dying off. That the elders, especially, are, are are passing stories on, or and the, and us as the younger generation, I don't think we're picking up that tool. Uh, I think uh, social media um, and short form content is really starting to um, to uh, be, I feel, the the dwindle of the storytelling. Uh, but yeah, analogies, I think they're an amazing way to communicate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know, humans throughout our existence, we make sense of the world both internally and externally through story be that written word poetry um language dance theater you know um all the stories that were passed down it deepens our understanding and brings us more meaning of life and over time you know the stories that we hear and relating specifically to men the stories of manhood that we see are what we see on tv and in the films and the big action men and stuff you know and yeah. 
It's only one story and there's, there may not be a great deal of context or meaning or um, message in that, you know. And, yeah, it's de- I agree, man. It's definitely lost and such a necessary thing to be human is to tell stories and listen to stories. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, I think one of the ways, uh, like, so when there's a really good story, man, when there's a really good story, we sit there and we want to listen. Uh, and something that I've really struggled with um, is, is listening because communication isn't just about being able to articulate yourself. It's being absolutely able to receive as well. It's like the art of, the art of giving, you have to be able to receive as well. The art of communication is a two-way street. Um, and there's a quote that is um, the word silent and listen have the same amount of letters in it. And it's just the, the letters all rearranged different ways. And is this something that you men uh, have struggled with in your uh, relationships or past relationships, being able to, to listen to your partner? It's definitely something that I fucking struggle with, man. I know yeah. that. Um, I say, yeah, rather than me talking right now, I'd love to yeah, ask you guys, did, uh, yeah, did you guys struggle? Have you struggled to listen? Um, to your partner and, um, and really hear her? And if so, yeah. why do you think that is? Yes, yes, the answer to that is a resounding yes. Um, and again, a learnt skill to be able to actually listen, um, to listen, to understand and to validate, I think, you know. Um, and that's like, I heard this analogy just the other day, coming at it with love, not L-O-V-E, but L-U-V, listen, understand and validate. So I'm going to listen. I've learned to be able to to listen and not take it personally. Yeah. Um, you know, someone is just expressing to me what their lived experience of a situation, of a thing, of me is. It doesn't make it true, but it makes it real for them. And so to be able to, to listen uh, without the need to fix or take it personally and to really understand that um, – it, they are just sharing their experience, you know. They are just really sharing how they are feeling. Um, it's not an attack on me. It's a share. And then validation in that as well. It's like, yeah, I hear you. That must be really hard, you know. I can understand how you would feel that about me or about the situation. Um, and it, it, sometimes, sometimes it's fucking hard. I think there was, a, there was a time maybe a year ago, and I think I actually shared this in our circle um, and got some support from you guys of like, I got handed my ass when I thought everything was great and going well. And I like, I was genuinely oblivious to how my wife was feeling. Um, some of it was relating to me, some of it was relating to just life circumstances. But, you know, and I think she even said to me then, not once in the past two months have you checked in, have you asked me how I am, you know? And so I fucking copped it. And, you know, it was some big, heavy stuff, you know. There was like, she was expressing, um, you know, questioning whether she made the right decision in being with me. And all this, that did not at any point in time mean mean that she did not want to be with me. She was simply expressing a feeling within her because of the way things were. And, um, yeah, to, I don't know, to sit in that fire is, um, I think that's one of the greatest gifts we can offer as men is that that stability, that space, that, that um that container yeah you know? that i'm not going anywhere i'll sit in yeah. with you every day man yeah yeah 100 percent, man 100 percent. I, I definitely know that i've run that heat 
that the conflict, the conflict in relationship, uh, I definitely know it stems from seeing my mum really upset as such a young kid, but then in relationships with seeing or hearing a partner um, and me feeling so helpless that I couldn't fix her or help her. But the thing, the ultimate truth is she didn't need fucking helping or fixing. I'm trying to be a saviour right now. And that was my big lesson, man. It's like, just sit, sit in that heat. Um, yeah. And the, I think that what you said right at the start, man, is don't make it about ourself. That's the biggest one. And it's, it's, and it's sometimes hard, man, because some of the, the stuff that's coming is hitting these pain points or trigger points within us because it's real deep truth or something that we're not owning for ourselves. It's like, oh, yeah. sticking that dagger in and now twisting the dagger. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, I think a beautiful question, actually, um, before any conversation, is this a listening conversation yep. or is this a solutions conversation? Yep. Then I know where I'm at. Sometimes it's a solutions yep. conversation. Sometimes there's a problem and there needs to be a fix. Yep. And maybe I can help with that. Yep. Sometimes I don't want to fucking be fixed. Yep. And so to ask that question, it's it, you know straight away. You know? Yeah, mate. I think... Uh, what what I found is one of the most powerful questions we can ask is for clarity. So I've been in discussion with my wife and at the start of the conversation, hey, babe, is this one of those listening or do you just want to be heard sort of thing? But then halfway through, I'm like, for me, it really sounds like she wants an answer right now. But I'm like, I, I know when I give an answer, I've seen where this goes. <laughs> and so, like, hey, babe, do you need any advice right now? And she's like, no, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. But it's like in my mind, like, fuck, it really sounded like you wanted some advice right now. This is the way it was articulated. Um, yeah, but the asking for clarity, man, I think um, for, as a man, I think it's sometimes hard for us to do that because we have this condition like we should know or we should be able to- Got it all. Like, got it all. We, we should know. And that it just been like, oh, I'm really unsure about what you've just asked. Could you ask in a different way? Or is this what you meant by this? Oh, okay, it wasn't. Like that's been a game changer. Um, hey, Jace, how about you, man? Um, did you, um, are you like most men have, have struggled? To I listen? used to flee. So exactly what you said, like I had the, I had the um, image of mum and dad blowing all the time, you know? So ever since I've witnessed that in previous relationships, I was just like, as soon as there's any form of uneasement, I'm like, fuck this, I'm out. Just, I was just gone, man. <laughs> I didn't want a part of it. But um, exactly what you are saying, I really deeply resonate with that is previous um, relationships and just previous friendships, man. Sometimes people just need to be heard. They do not need anything. They just want to just have a conversation. Sometimes it is. You, you do. Like, I don't know how many times I've been like, okay, solution i'll give you this i'll give you that and exactly right they just look at you and it's like oh fuck <laughs> they don't want a bar of it it's just like yeah. no i just i just want to have a conversation i just i just got shit on my chest shit on my chart i i just need to be heard can you just freaking sit there shut the hell up and just listen to me you know and yeah. ever since that it's been a game changer for me because yeah, I have really enriched friendships, not just relationships, friendships, you know, especially us men. Holy shit. We've all got so much shit that we want to talk about, you know. Every single day, I can guarantee you there's something where you're just like, fuck, you know, like 
I just need someone just to talk to, you know? And that's exactly right. Like, I don't know how many times I have just felt like, you know, but then I just had a conversation. I'm like, fuck yeah, I feel good. Like, I, I, I feel so much better now. I can remember, like, going into facilitation mode. That has been a really big pinnacle and evolution of my listening skills is within the facilitation. Like, I can remember, I think it was about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I saw this short reel on this really immaculately beautiful, real tiny, petite, little, um, beautiful feminine. She was at a men's retreat and they did an anger rage release, you know, and she had 30 freaking men just lashing out at her. Just, look, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking it. I, it just hits home every time I see it. Just absolutely just unleashing on her. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, how is she just sitting there copying this, you know? And ever since I've witnessed that, I'm like, yeah, like to sit there and listen and to support is the key. 100%, man. The uh, analogy I like to give, and this is something, this is how I process stuff is exactly what you, it's exactly what you uh, we're talking about is when the mind in my mind this problem or thing it just feels like there's a fucking elephant in the room it just feels super heavy it's consuming me it's taking up all of my capacity consciously and every waking hour it's all I can think about sometimes I'm not even dreaming about it and the way that I move through that is I don't, some, majority of the time I don't need answers sometimes I just need I need an answer but majority of the time as I start talking it in a safe environment, so in our men's teams, I'll just start talking about the problem I'm facing, talking about how I'm feeling. And then as I start talking, what happens is I, I, I see my words outside of myself. So then my problem does, isn't me right now. And it's like, I'm not making that me. I can see it um, as a witness. So I can like disassociate from it. And usually by the time I've ended, I've talked it out. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, I know the answer. And I think that's a lot of the time what women do as well. They just talk it all out, allow it all to come out, uh, like, and then they're actually like finding that answer for themselves. And that's a, one of those big and out like big phrases too. It's like every answer is within us. And so, but just sometimes we need that support or someone to hold that mirror up to show us what that answer is. But not until we actually realize it for ourselves or have that aha moment that we're not going to get the the result that we desire. Um, the um, something that you uh, have mentioned, Jace, um, and we just mentioned it again, it was around having mateships. And so love to talk about the, and this is the word that we've mentioned several times in this podcast, around boundaries and how important boundaries are to communicate. Uh, because I know that for me personally, reform people pleaser up until probably the age of 32, I'm 39 now, prolific people pleaser had no boundaries whatsoever. I would get walked all over. Um, and number one, I didn't even know what my fucking boundaries were. I think that was the very first thing you said. It was like, actually know what your desire is, man. Um, but also boundaries. I think they're super, super important. Uh, and in the male friendships that I have, sitting and talking openly about boundaries and renegotiating boundaries 
has been something amazing to deepen the connection with some like close men in my life. Um, and it's only been past several years that that's actually started to happen. Um, yeah, I'd love to open up a discussion around boundaries and how did you guys first learn about what your boundaries are, what your non-negotiables are, and then how did you start communicating them to others? Uh, I, I was, this is actually really life for me at the moment. Um, I really just had to voice what my boundaries are um, just in the last 24 hours. Um, with so yeah with 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 men that come to my circle and how i offer my my space um my home my time um once a fortnight but i'm not there all the time you know um my i don't i cannot and will not be there for every man uh, whenever they need it and there's a big part of me and this is the life for me now, that um, is that people pleaser and does actually want to be there, feels like I should, feel like I have um, a duty of care also. It's my space um, for these men. But I guess my boundary there relates to my values and my family and my time outside of that space, outside of that circle is my time and for my family. And unless I have invited you in um, or you've asked if I'm uh, present there, like I'm not available. And it's just been a really big learning just yes. in these last 24 hours to actually voice that and, um, and just relate it back to that value for me as well, you know. And it was actually a really hard process, you know. I am still... Um, after you know, even after three years of running, it's still finding my voice and my leadership within that space. And um, part of that is are these boundaries. And it's yeah, it's been a it's been a, a challenge and still something that I, I will constantly kind of come up against as well and learn from. And that's there's the growth for me in that as well as I think um, being being the lighthouse there for the other men as well. You know, so yeah, that's where I'm at with that at the moment. 100% man and this is we don't know our values or our boundaries to be true until they've been tested and what I've found too when we're really firm in our boundaries it's going to upset some people and a lot of times we think we've got to we uh, we I say we but I mean I um everyone's going to fucking like me but if I say this boundary, they're not going to like me. They're going to be upset and like with your fire, we want to come back to the fire circle. But then the thing is like what you just also mentioned is that man that leaves, if he doesn't like what the boundary is or this person when we enforce a boundary, sometimes the lesson, like they might get jacked up, they might get upset, but then years down the track or months down the track, they actually might land for us like, man, he really just stuck true to his word. That's really what I want to be and who I want to be. It's been really interesting with my um, journey on uh, this uh, men's path of, of, of this life, the amount of people that have thrown arrows, man. I literally was on a discovery call yesterday. A new man just signed up for HQ. Why We actually grew up together. We played free together when I was 14. And he's like, bro, there's still people that you we just knock around with and they still say to me, um, what's Blaze doing, man? He's just he's gone all gay and shit. And and so there's there's people that aren't gonna understand who we are 
But I think what you've just said too, man, is just really knowing what's important to you. Is for these people that are, uh, maybe think like, well, how the fuck do we find out? How, how do we find out what our boundaries are? You really, really need to go inwards and actually like, what does success mean to me? What is my life? What do I stand for? What are my values? What are my non-negotiables? Where am I willing to go and not willing to go? And sometimes you don't know where that is until it's crossed. And so don't ever think that you can't instill a boundary even though it had like, we all learn lessons from time to time. And so sometimes we can only insert a boundary or like, actually, you know what? That didn't fucking feel good. I don't want to have that happen anymore. Like this isn't nice or no, this is, I've changed, I've grown. And this is something that was a big mistake in my early 20s to late 20s was that people would say to me, you've changed. And I took it to heart because I didn't want to change. I just, I just wanted to be that dude, not realizing that we, um, we do grow, we do evolve, and sometimes things, everything does change. Um, and so it's been okay with that. Um, but yeah, man, really beautiful to be sitting in that conversation. And one piece of advice, if I can offer you, because I had to sit in this one, the exact same thing, man, um, when I uh, built CMB, was the, um, that I was only one man. I was trying to do it all of myself. And so I had to sit in that of like, okay, cool. I can't hold space for all of these men and my family. It, it's physically impossible. And that was the moment that the expansion happened and I got other people. And, it, and, and what it did also is that it empowered other people into leadership roles that really wanted that. Um, and then through that also was able to, um, um, it, it started to, it had, a, had a different energy, but it was just something I needed to find within myself. Um, yeah, man, it's a beautiful thing to be sitting in and you are doing amazing. Um, and something that you did highlight too is like when people reach out, but sometimes not even asking like, Hey man, do you have time right now? And just thinking it's okay. It's like, Oh, but just dumping all their shit right now. It's like, bro, you didn't even actually ask for that. And so I think that also is something, um, that I had struggled with. And I see a lot of men struggle with is actually informing people how we want to be spoken to or how we want to be communicated to in all has, uh, facets or all the hats that we wear in life from our partner, um, from our clients, from our colleagues, from our mates. Uh, it was interesting when I first started men's work. I'm like, um, someone said to me, how do you want to be held accountable? I'm like, fucking come, man. Tell, I just want straight truth. Just come at me. Just I'm, I'm here. I'm here to work. So I went and took that and said to my wife, hey, babe, whatever feedback you want, just give it to me. Give it to me straight. Oh, man, I... I literally, I can't. My nervous system cannot handle my wife coming very direct at me. It just gets jacked. So I've had to renegotiate who can speak really direct and bluntly to me, who's got to ask for space, who's going to be a little bit more gentle. And it, it shifts and changes through my, my sphere. Um, but yeah, Jace, with you, man, um, you've mentioned the word boundaries. Um, yeah, how did, you, how did you learn your boundaries? Uh, where's some places that you have been challenged inserting um, your boundary um, and yeah man just take from there so i'm currently evolving and establishing the the core to my boundaries and stuff like that at the moment like i said previously i'm transitioning into a new work environment so i've just been 
I don't really like this word, but I've just been very direct and blunt with my new workplace because I'm like, hey, this is how I want to show up. This is what I'm going to receive. This is energetically deep in my core what I want. So I am speaking my goddamn truth. And a really beautiful thing that always gets ignited within this foundation, Blaze, is how do you show up when no one's fucking watching? So if you can't say no, you're being submissive. You're being submissive. You're portraying that energy to the community. You're portraying that energy to the universe. So you aren't being authentic and real. You are going to pop that all the freaking time. You know, if you can't be, if you can't give boundaries to yourself, you aren't going to hold them boundaries within your relationships. So yeah, like I've, I'm really deepening that at the best current point in time because the next chapter of my life is going to be authentically real to me and I'm going to establish those foundations from now. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. So, but as, as I was just saying, and as a little challenge for me, um, I am in this, I just went into support work at the moment and I negotiated two nights and two days. I got two nights and two days this week. Next week, <laughs> they've given me that extra shift. And I just went, hang on a minute, you're going against your word. So I got on the phone and I had a conversation. Like though, once again, it comes back down to how you communicate within your boundaries. So there is a time where you might be heightened. Like I was, I was, I was, I was getting jacked. I'm like, they're going against their word on second week you know, but then I was just like, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, you know, so I just, I, I breathed, I reestablished my thoughts and then I gave him a call. Though a game changer for me as well was when I done your, uh, what was your overnight, your evening, um, the Warriors Code, is it Warriors Code, where we learned our values? Uh, um- unlock the Warriors Code. Yeah. yeah, unlock the Warriors Code. So when I learnt my values, that ignited my boundaries yep so they go hand in hand i feel you know so the way that you show up when no one's watching 100 percent. but when you figure out your values you'll figure out your boundaries so that's my offering to the listeners is to figure out them and then you will go down the rabbit hole and ever since learning those two things I use them every single day. There isn't a day that I do not use them because as soon as I lax on them, it's just a you just open the floodgate. It just keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. So yeah, that's that's where I'm at with those. Like it is an everyday occurrence, and I am still establishing because I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to fall back into that people pleaser because I was. I used to love being the center of attention, you know, and. It, it was. It was so unhealthy. Yeah, that's another rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, man. Something that you mentioned, man, around learning to say no, that was the hardest thing. My, the hardest thing, one of the hardest things I've learned is how to say no. Just want to offer, the, offer this piece of advice that got offered to me to the listeners is no is a sentence. So a lot of time I'd say no and then justify everything and have this fuck no, but uh, still love me. And still like me, 
Um, and one thing, and this is something that we've laughed about in men's teams, but something that you said about saying no. An example of that is when we start thinking about this and we start really looking at our values and we start really looking at our boundaries, there's going to be situations and times to start enforcing this, this no. An example of that, and this is what happened, was one for me, most people laugh when I say it, is someone asked you to come to a barbecue. Hey, uh, next weekend, go to a barbecue. Right then and there, I knew I didn't want to fucking go. And back until I started learning how to speak my truth and stand firm in my values, I said, like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. See you there. A day out, I said, I'd, I'd oh, hey, can't make it, X, Y, and Z. But I knew fucking 10 days ago I wasn't going. And then so just learning about like what's really important um, to us. And so the next thing that I would like to add to values and boundaries is also your vision. So knowing what's where you want to be going in life and what's going to be helping you get there and saying yes to that and no to what's not, that was that big shift for me. Um, and then that's where the universe really started to open up because I was very clear and confident, concise in this is who I am, this is where I want to go, um, and especially when I was saying yes to all of that and no to everything else, the universe, it was very definitive for the universe to just go keep opening opportunities in the doors. Yeah, um, I can speak. I can just. I just want to speak into that as well. Um, yeah. There, about six months ago, um, I said no to joining the MindFit coaching team, and um, it had been lingering with me for a long time. You know, it'd been lingering there for a long time. Been in the ether, and um, it just, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent for me. But I, I didn't have the balls to say it. And as soon as I did, fucking life opened up. And just that that cord, that energetic cord, I wasn't communicating with the world as to what my vision was and where that lied. And it wasn't until I, I actually had the balls to say something that, you know, kind of, oh, no, I can't say no to that. That's an awesome opportunity and it's something I believe in and stuff. But it just wasn't for me then. And life opened up and it's been really beautiful to witness that. And so, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that. That really resonates with me, don't worry. Yeah, man. And I think there's another underlying piece to that too. And this is something that is a through on to everything we've been talking about with communication. Everything we've been saying is the communication with yourself first, first and foremost, and knowing who you are and knowing yourself. And that underneath all of that is then to, to have the faith and trust within yourself and that you and we, and we're all here for a greater purpose and when maybe like it just doesn't feel right, I, I just but it's a great opportunity. But saying no to those things can open a lot of stuff up. Um, and then the other thing too, and this is some advice that I got given. And so we're all in the path right now that we're pretty confident about who we are, uh, what our values are, what our vision is in this planet. So we're in that position to say no to because we're very clear. Now, there may be people uh, listening to this uh, podcast at the crossroads right now not quite fucking sure where you want to be going in life. So the invitation I would love to give you is say fucking yes to everything. Say yes to everything so that you can learn what you don't want. I think it was, it was Thomas Edison with the light bulb and he, he got interviewed about um, you've tried to build the light bulb a thousand times and you failed. How does that feel? And he said, I've actually learned how a thousand times not how to, I've learned a thousand times how to not like, uh, make a light bulb. So he's able to see that through those values, he just got a step closer to actually inventing this, this crazy thing, this beautiful, amazing thing. Um, so yeah, just being a vigilant of like, 
Um, I don't want everyone just to say no to everything because sometimes that, that, that no can keep you in the comfort zone. And it's not through that trial and error. And you're actually, you know what? That's not for me. Um, my invitation always is when you say yes to something, give it your all for 90 days. Go, okay, cool. I'm going to try dancing for 90 days, but I'm going to fully commit my time and energy and make that important and move my schedules and make sure I show up. And when I'm there, I'm giving my 100%. And I'm not going to use tired or any excuses to not show up. And then after that time, you're going to know whether you like it or whether you don't. Exactly the same thing happens when you're trying to find your purpose or unlock your purpose or what that thing is. Like you've got to go all in, I feel, um, and try all these things. And all of these doors and opportunities will continually open when you start to refine and really discover who you are. Though I'd like to know, Blaze, that you said um, when you're at the crossroads that you may not know. Do you honestly believe that you may not know? Because I've been at those crossroads for the past, like, <laughs> what, two years, man, like getting out of the mines, you know, because I was just so complacent. It was just so easy and stuff like that. But internally, I knew. I knew that I had to step out. And I'm 100% supportive of Chris. As soon as I st- stepped out and said no, I gave myself, I declared with the men in the men's group, you know, I declared it. I'm out in this day. And then energetically, I was just like, holy fuck. Like, I just felt so incredible. And exactly right. Like, it's been two weeks or something, just flooding. The gates is just flooding and flooding and flooding and flooding. And I'm just like, wow, did this this take? But landing the plane is what I was saying when you, I was at, I was at those crossroads, but I knew, man, I knew. I knew I had needed to take that and communicate with myself and support myself. That's what I needed. Though the thing is, man, like those couple of years ago, you were at the crossroads and throughout the sense of I've known you, man, you've tried and you've gained knowledge and wisdom in so many different areas. You know what I mean? You've become a breathwork facilitator, yoga, you've come on BV and retreats, you've done men's work. Like you've put yourself in the arena, man. Of like, okay, cool. I, I don't want to do FIFO. I don't want to do construction. I'm fairly certain it is like being of service. I'm not quite sure how that service looks. And so that was the crossroad, man. And so you've like, re- and you've gone all in on yourself, man. All or nothing. And then it got to that point. Then it's got to the point like, okay, now I need to burn the back door. This is the D day. Burn the back door because you wholly and solely now have a repertoire. You know who you are. You've got this beautiful gift and all this medicine to give. And this is where it's going. And support work's amazing, but in a year's time, it, it, the support work you're doing right now, I feel it's going to look maybe way different. Than oh, 100%. Like I already know that you know too, man. <laughs> but it's that trajectory change. It's like, cool. It's like that crossroad now of, of construction is completely shut. And just want to um, – uh, this is something that I went through, man, and I'd love to offer it to you, is that when I would do this jump and left construction, that there got times where – my, all the things in the business that I was trying to do, coaching, it just wasn't working. And there'd be times like, fuck, how am I going to pay rent or the mortgage next week? So I had to realize that nothing needed to be below me while I was chasing my purpose. And so by that meant at, some, at one point I had three part-time jobs. Happiest I'd ever been. Very much like you, I was like, I can only work this time and this day and doing this. And I was very meticulous with the three jobs because those jobs all helped me to go where I wanted to go. and But the thing was, they were all on my terms. 
It was the happiest part of my life. I went through a big identity shift because I'm like, fuck, I've failed, I've left, I've lost all this money, man. but it was an exact stepping stone. Um, and so that the reminder for myself, for you and any other person that is really going for the purpose is just remind yourself there's nothing below you. And there was times, man, that I was coaching and I wanted to be seen as a coach, didn't know where the, where the money was coming in, so I'd ring the construction recruiter, hey, man, I need a part-time job, uh, give, me, give me some work for like three months. And so I'd back in this construction five days a week with the high busy and at nighttime I was doing my purpose work. Um, so yeah, man. Um, man, I know we're coming up um, uh, close to uh, wrapping this up, but there's one thing I'd like to talk about um, uh, when lack of communication happens. And this is something that we uh, men do and it's called stonewalling. And so Jace, you mentioned it before around that you would flee. And so I know that I do that but my physical body is here. So in, in the relationship. So there'll be something happening in the relationship. I don't get my way. I don't articulate my, I don't communicate effectively. There's resentment there. We've got three young kids and this unresolved tension or argument or problem, it, it stretches out. Now, when it stretches out, this thing happens of what we call stonewalling. And so for the listeners that don't know what that is, it's where we shut down ourselves as men. And so it's like our partners are talking to a brick wall. We're not giving any emotion. We're not getting any love. We're not giving any feedback. We're just, it's literally like living with a brick wall. Now, this is something that I know that I do. And um, the reference I give this is like, it's like I'm a little boy and a, a toddler. And I've got my toys and just throwing them out of the cot. Um, do you guys catch yourself at all doing the opposite of like not communicating and stonewalling your partners? Yeah. 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 Um, how do you guys catch that? How do you know when you are stonewalling, and how do you how do you step back in the ring? I get told. <laughs> yes, like one hundred percent. I get told um, because part of it is knowing um, mine and my wife's attachment styles as well. I'm a very I'm a I'm avoidant attachment. Yep. I want I need to go away. I need to go to the cave, you know, and then kind of process, be by myself. Then I can come back. Um, she's anxious attachment. They don't necessarily work very well together unless we communicate around that. Um, so when I do go into the cave, she wants more. She wants to come into the cave and pull me out of it. And it's not, it doesn't work. So sometimes I don't recognize it about myself. Um, and and I'm, I'm told, I'm told, mate, you're, you're being a bit of a dick. You're in the cave, you know, and like, Again, to not uh, take that personally and just to recognize, yeah, I am. But I also need to be here. This is where I'm at at the moment. Just because, um, just because my way of being is making you feel uncomfortable, I can't necessarily change that right now. Um, because this is where I need to be. I need to process by myself and then I will come back to you. Yeah. And I think we have made uh, a point of um, the fractions are going to happen. You know, we're going to, there's going to be friction. There's going to be fractions. It's how we come back together. Yes. Um, and that is key. Like we can understand how we both work and know that we love each other regardless. We're not going to change that. Don't necessarily want to change that. Just recognize that it makes each of us feel uncomfortable. Um, but how can we come back together? Well, and that may mean a clearing conversation. Um, or just, yeah, letting each other know where we're at. So, yeah, if I don't recognize it about myself, I'm certainly told. And then uh, it's not to uh, go up uh, with that, you know, yeah. just be gentle. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
I'm with uh, Chris. Chris. Yeah, I'm also. I I yeah. I hide. I go into my cave. I need to process. I need to analyze, and I need to work through my shit. And then yeah, I'll come back in. But I previously dated very similar. It was the anxious attachment, and fucking hell, man, it 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 got me. Hey, I, and. I it just got too much. I just found so jacked up, and because I was like, no, no, it's all about communication because I'm learning all this stuff. I completely overwhelmed myself because I didn't give myself some breathing space. You know, I was just like, no, no, stay true to your word, stay true to your word, communicate, communicate, communicate. But then energetically, I was jacked. So comes down to boundaries, doesn't it? As Chris was saying, you know, like I need time. I need to go to my cave or I need to go out in nature. Like I'm a big water person. So sometimes all I need to do is just go to the beach and just chill, man. Just just, just, just be. Just be by myself. Energetically, I feel incredible then, you know. Though if you're feeling incredible and your anxious attachment partner is still not doing too good, make sure you choose your words going back into that field. You know, like make sure you choose correctly because if you're like, yeah, I'm good, I'm I'm feeling better now, I'm just going to run back in and yeah, slam her on the bum or something like that, you're going to get the dragon, man. So yeah, just this comes down to back down to those boundaries, working out your attachment style. Yeah, exactly right. Though, just yeah, choose choose your bloody words. I can't. I can't, yeah, it's, say that enough. Is just choose them correctly. Sometimes it's fucking hard. I know, though. Just be careful, especially if there's something heightened there. Still, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm both the same with both of you guys. I get told as well, um, and the way that I get told is uh, we've got three young kids, five, three, and two, and wife will go take the board, go for a surf. I don't care how long it takes. Just sort your fucking shit out when you get back. And there's been times where she'll go, you're in it. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I've got the kids. You have all day, all day at home by yourself. Just when I get back, make sure you, we sort it out. And so what that is, is um, my wife creates space for me to be in solitude. And because I haven't done it for myself, I've jammed my day, my routine, my week, my month so full that I haven't had that time just to keep decompressing. Um, and when I'm regularly taking time out for myself, which is communication with my life, is amazing. The longer that I believe those surfs, the, the, the less of, the more resentment's there and the bitterness, the short fuse comes up. Um, uh, and so, yeah, that, that just taking that time out for the solitude is, is amazing. The other thing too is that what I also see is some men taking that time out for themselves, but not sitting in solitude, using that time out for themselves as isolation. So they're still stonewalling themselves, which ties exactly back into what we said of like knowing ourselves and communicating with ourselves. And so that, that is of like, when I am out in the board, when I am finding that place of just be like ask myself, like, what, what the fuck's going on, bro? Like, what's really getting, what's, what's under your skin? And so something in our relationship, what we do is every Thursday, we've carved out three hours for date day. But when it gets that time of like, hey, cool, 11 o'clock, 11.30, date day's on. I'm like, one thing that we now do is, hey, is there anything that we need to clear before we go do this date day? 
And then that's a, a weekly reminder where you can ask each other and hold space for each other because life can get fucking hectic. Sometimes we haven't had the time or space to articulate our feelings raising these three young kids and different time tables, all that kind of stuff. But just that, that check-in, like, hey, do we need to clear anything right now? And being open for that, that's really helped us as a couple. Um, and so just as we tune out, men, um, this has been an amazing podcast with so many tools and things for uh, all the listeners. Is there any other piece of advice, quote, or hack you'd love to give um, that's helping you uh, pertaining to your communication styles or not communicating or being able to speak your truth um, to, that we can uh, yeah, leave the listeners with? Um, yeah, put yourself in uncomfortable situations where you're forced to actually listen. Yes. You know? And fucking ask, like, ask for it as well. Ask for feedback on yourself. And, um, and even, you know, even in that asking, let them know that you just want to sit there and get the feedback, you know, and, and not be reactive. And I think it's in that process of making the uncomfortable comfortable that the growth comes. 100%, man. That's a juicy one. Go and ask, ask, ask some of your closest friends, how do you show up? What, what, do you, what do you really love about me? What do you dislike about me? I remember one of my dear brothers, and I know that he won't mind me saying his name, Corey. Uh, we went for lunch one day. And it was just, we were just talking. And then he turned to me and he's like, what do you, what do you dislike about me, bro? And he's like, more, fuck. And we had the most honest, beautiful conversation. We're very open with each other. But that was a really confronting question to be hit with out of left field. And, and that opened up this amazing discussion because after I said it, I'm like, oh, I would love to know what you dislike about me. And for friends to openly speak about that was really beautiful. It brought us even closer together. Um, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Jace. Mine is, yeah, sit, sit with yourself for a bit. Sit with yourself. Um, understand. Understand who you actually are and support. Give yourself, like, I know it's the word, Love is taboo and a little bit funny with men, but give yourself some, give yourself some, what is it? Give yourself some serious attention and some serious affection and be like, oh, fuck, I am, I am doing good, man. Like give yourself, yeah, some love. I, don't, I have to say it. Give yourself some love. And also big supporting of what chris has said give get some feedback positive feedback some constructive criticism is what i always do within my facilitation or within my um within your foundation blaze within the men's group i always always ask for, for some constructive criticism and then i'm like yeah exactly right i that's that's beautiful you know like it gives yourself that little bit of like yeah, I could go that little bit more or I could go that little bit less or like I'm using my voice a lot more. <laughs> so I've just been so direct lately and it's been incredible, man. The the brothers are taking it so well, you know, but I got in my head about it. Oh, no, I need to just be a little bit more softer. Yeah, 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 nah, yeah, nah. yeah. So I mean like, nah, fuck this. I am going to this. I'm going to go. I'm going to support myself. This is who I am, you know. Stop putting on a fucking mask. Stop hiding behind something that isn't actually authentically you. Support you. 
And really beautiful, as you said, a quote, really beautiful quote that I heard the other day. Um, I love it. Say more with less. Yes. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That, that hit. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so, brothers, um, in about five weeks from today, we're going to be all together um, taking another yes. cohort of men through a modern-day man's rites of passage on the three-day blokes men's retreat here on the Sunshine Coast. But for all the listeners, what do you guys have coming up? Where can people find out about your own individual events or your fire circles, breath events? Have you guys got anything coming up in the in the near future? Yeah, so as I shared um, at the beginning, uh, once a fortnight, so every second Wednesday um, from my home in Blyby is it's our, our fire circle. Um, so that is continuous. That will always be here. Um, there is also uh, my wife, and I'm, I'm assisting her. She's just started running circles men and women specific to grief loss and sorrow which is a really super yeah. powerful space um yep and so that that's going to be a monthly kind of thing um you can find uh the men's circle beyond the tree facebook group yep um, and all the links and stuff are posted in there so yeah there's that there's the grief circles and obviously bv which i'm very excited for it's been some time i'm looking forward to getting back been. around the fire yeah, man, it has been a minute. Um, where can where can listeners find about the grief circle? Um, nowhere just yet, actually. Um, I was, yeah, obviously it's coming soon. Yeah. But um, so what we'll do is we'll we'll put your uh, social media media handles as well. So just hit up Great. just hit up Chris if that starts speaking or resonating to to you through Messenger oh, or Facebook. Actually, um, beyond yeah, beyond grief Instagram. Um, that's that's my wife's page for that. Oh. Yeah. Beautiful. There we go. Boom. Uh, Jace, what events have you got coming up at the moment, man? Currently, I, as I was saying all throughout this um, this this potty at the moment, I'm working on myself. I'm giving yep. myself full attention currently, um, staying true to my word. And I, though there definitely is some concoctions brewing up, but I'm also just doing a course at the moment. So my full attention and focus is on that co- course, expanding yep. my offerings and yeah bv i've been waiting it for the whole year now <laughs> yeah man <laughs> from last yeah, year so i hope um hope there's going to be some few little goodies dropped throughout the year that i can help and support with and um yeah my handle is just jason zana so j-a-s-o-n-z-a-h-n-e-r Definitely stand by for something. There's definitely going to be some beautiful offerings in the very near future, but currently at this very point in time, it's all about me. Beautiful. And so in the it, this may be the future that you're listening to my voice right now. Uh, so Jason Zana is a breath facilitator. He runs a lot of breath uh, stuff for our, us in Blokes Venture. So if you have a, a retreat, men or women, uh, you can plug in, talk to Jason. He's got different variations that he can do and work with you and your curriculum, uh, as he does for myself in Blokes Venture. Um, and he does one-on-one sessions as well. So yeah, hit him up. Uh, and lastly, the thing that we always talk about at the end of uh, MindFit podcast is the footprints. And so the footprints that we leave, these digital footprints. And so comments, likes, shares, 
this has been one of the most phenomenal podcasts. There's so much information here. And so if you share this podcast, uh, make sure that if you share it, write what resonates with you. Um, send it to people that you feel that uh, it may add value to. Leave comments on Spotify, on YouTube, on our social media of things that resonated with you, what's really landed for you. Um, and yeah, like always, uh, just just be good humans. This be, I think that's all that we can do is just be good humans, how that is, uh, how that lands for each and every one of us. Brothers, this was fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah, man, that was a really beautiful conversation. Thank you for being vulnerable and raw and giving your gifts and medicine. And it's a deep honor to know both of you and call you my brothers. Uh, much love, guys. My Fit Podcast out. Yeah.